the economy tonight and gas prices now at an all-time high in this country. I understand what it feels like. I come from a family where when the, when the price of gas and food went up, we felt it. It was a discussion at the kitchen table. A gallon of gas now $4.37. Look, I know you got to be frustrated. I know. I can taste it by the time it takes to get anything done. Believe me, I understand the frustration. Now, here's Glenn Wiggle and Mike Lomas. Very conservative Republicans over the year when I was a senator. This is the MAGA gang. This is the MAGA crowd. I really mean it. They have a fundamentally different view of the role of government and who should pay what. Not MAGA Republicans anymore, Michael. Yep, yep, we're the MAGA gang. We're now. the MAGA gang. <laughs> we're, we're from you know the, the other side of the tracks, as Joe might say. Yeah. Are we with the other guy? Remember the guy he said he fought? The, he had, um, what was that guy's name? I, I forget that oh, name. Oh, yeah, think but, of it now. But, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking Remember about. Remember he had to face up to that guy? He's yeah. a bad dude. These Joe stories from the 1950s, 60s, yeah, 70s, that, 80s. That he... We're going to do a little fact-checking, by the way, on, on some of his contentions of, you know, he sat around his kitchen table and gas prices were out of control, and they were, he remembers it at, sitting at the kitchen table, right? Yep. We are going to talk about that today, folks. So uh, Mike Hayflick, Mike Sparaza in for Mike Lomas and Glenn Wiggle. We are the financial guys this weekend. Studio, um, finally, spring is here. Summer is coming, and lots of events going on. Lots of things going on. Pools being open, lawns being mowed, fun being had. Right? It, it, it does feel good in Buffalo, New York, mow your lawn once in a while. Yes. You know, there's not snow on it. And at higher and very, very much higher prices, everything we're doing, um, inflation will definitely be something we're talking about. We're going to be having one of our portfolio managers, chartered financial analysts. Uh, frequent guest on MSNBC, <laughs> not on MSNBC. Yeah. <laughs> Mike and Glenn are going to love that. <laughs> CNBC shows like Market Alert, Squawk Box, um, Paul Meeks, um, <laughs> MSNBC. I wonder if he is on MSNBC. We'd have to see. Let's check that out next time. Yeah, don't do not do too much watching of that <laughs> television station. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, I'm telling you. We've got a lot to talk about, though. Um, the January 6th Capitol riot hearings have begun. Um 23rd district is uh has been kind of throwing a curveball right chris jacobs is out he said he would actually support certain gun restriction gun laws like age 21 for permits and purchases and so forth um but he's taking himself out and carl palladino and nick langworthy are in amongst others to take that seat yeah, that'll be interesting. We're going to have Nancy Orticelli on with us shortly to talk a little bit about Carl's bid here and, and you know the signatures that he had to get to get on the ballot this week. So we're going to talk about that with her shortly. And awesome. uh, loaded show. But I think I think what dominated headlines this week, of course, is the uh, continuous revelations of the January 6th uh, mm-hmm. uh, committee and the, and the hearings and you know everything that they're finding out and every news station that played it. When I say every, I mean every except Fox News. Yep. Um, so, you know, it's, it's something very, very, very incredible to me that this is the number one item on the, on the Democrats and some Republicans, by the way, like Liz Cheney and, uh, what's the other guy's mm-hmm. name over there? The little squirrely guy. What is his name? Oh, um, uh, Kinzinger. 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 Yeah. Yes. Adam. Yes. So, yep. you know, th- this is, this is top of mind with everything else that's going on. I'm going to let you run through a list of things that you, you threw together here. Cause I think this sums it up pretty much this taking precedent over everything else. Well, this is what happens. We, we, we think about these things just as all of you who are listening do. 
and we think, okay, like, where does this rank in priority? You know, and we, we think, yeah, it was pretty wrong what happened on January 6th, but compared to other things, they're calling this an insurrection, and it's by far the most important event of the day. It really almost looks like state-sponsored TV, right? Like yeah. Russia, Saudi Arabian, Iraqi state-sponsored TV when you turn that on, because it's like this huge panel. This was an ABC-sponsored, or, or I'll say produced, yeah. an ABC-produced event. So they literally did a made-for-TV propaganda show to talk about the January 6th Capitol riots. Now, don't worry, you know, no, don't worry about Justice Kavanaugh and him being targeted, targeted to be murdered in his neighborhood at his house. Nothing to see there, right? He's no. just he's just one of the Supreme Court justices. That's all. Forget about inflation, five dollar per gallon gas. You know, some in some cases doubling of certain you know very common uh, grocery items like eggs and you know and chicken. Uh, forget the border crisis. Don't we have like a miles long caravan coming? Isn't uh, it, it's in miles, time? literally miles, miles yes. long. Yes. yes, miles long of people, folks, are yep. heading toward our our south southern border. Don't worry about that, though. Right? Russia Ukraine war just sort of still going on, raging on. How about mental health across this country? How about fentanyl ODs? I mean, none of those other things are even on their radar right now. This is about still destroying Trump keeping Trump off of the ballots. And I think I think that's that's the point. So so let's play this out. Let's just say this goes the way they wanted to and they take out Donald Trump, the, the, the mega king. They take him down, right? Fine. Then what? Because at this point, w w what is the end game? We still have national average of gas $5, inflation 8.6%, covid cases still mm -hmm. rising, mm -hmm. illegal border crossings four to five times what Trump had, consumer debt 14 times what Trump had, right? Yep. Yep. So so you solve this Donald Trump insurrection problem, and then what? Then what? Then what? Are, what are your solutions then? And oh, by the way, as you're saying, people are storming the Capitol on January 6th and, and, and rioting and insurrecting our democracy and, and mm -hmm. taking down our democracy, you have no problem that we have justices that are being threatened with their life. Literally this week, somebody got arrested with a gun outside Justice Kavanaugh's house. That is no big deal, Chuck Schumer, as you called it out. We're coming for you, right? right? That's no big deal, Nancy Pelosi, as you say this week. They're protected. There's police officers out there. Okay, so what? Right? So what? Mm -hmm. You're going after our, our Supreme Court justices. That's no problem, but people coming into the Capitol is the story and is the one thing that almost stole our democracy, not threatening our judges. It's not threatening our cities. Absolutely insane. It's 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 mind-boggling and it's frustrating and and you know the, the right. I got to tell you, the right's better step up here, and this election is going to be big because this is the type of hypocrisy that's going to cause us major mm -hmm. issues down the road. I have a lot of uh, you know clients and I will get into these conversations, and a lot of people are saying, you know what, they just don't care, and I say I agree with you. They're not always ignorant. They're often very intentional in what they're doing. But they literally don't care. Like, they don't care if they fix American problems right now. No. They just want to make headway. What problems, Mike? Right. What problems right. in America? They want to make headway with the fringe, those fringe groups, the loudest fringe groups out there. They want to make headway. And even if, even if the midterms go the Republicans' way, even if Donald Trump can't run for president, they're still going to be satisfied with taking their two or three steps forward. And then there they are again. They're going to be all combative during the next uh, Republican.
dominated Congress, the next Republican president. And for anybody uh, anybody out there that doesn't agree with us or thinks that we're, we're crazy people over here, please call in and justify your opinion on this. And again, we're not saying January 6th and people getting into the Capitol is right, because it certainly wasn't. Yep. But these are the types of things. I mean, and then they slap you in the face with hypocrisy, too. You have people, we'll play later a clip from, uh, what was it, Debbie? Oh, um, her, her name is Debbie Stabenow. Debbie Stabenow. She, yep. she has no problem just, you know, come on, now I got money, I can buy an electric vehicle. You two should do it too, right? Yep. Well, well, no, Debbie, you're a career politician and 72 years old. You have enough savings for that. Some people maybe don't, right? So smug, too. Yep. So smug. I just ha I had to. I actually put Debbie now into the category of Joy Reid, Joy Behar, and Stacey Abrams. Why, why don't These we play her? These people are just, they're so insulting, so condescending, so smug. And they have millions of dollars, so they can be that way. They're not interested in the middle class. Not at all. You want to listen to her real yeah, quick? Let's see. I do have to say just on the issue of uh, uh, gas prices, after waiting for a long time uh, to have enough chips in this country to finally get my electric vehicle, I got it uh, and drove it from Michigan to here uh, this last weekend and went by every single gas station and didn't matter how high it was. And so I'm looking forward to the opportunity for us to move to vehicles that aren't going to be dependent on the um, whims of the oil companies and the uh, international market. It's just comical, right? Like, you know, 72 years old career politician, and she's telling us, oh, you know, I got all my chips together so I could afford this this electric car, right? Well, guess what, Deb? Most people don't have that money, right? Most people are struggling with everything, and people think it's just gas right now. Mm -hmm. It's not. It's insurance, eggs, milk, whatever you buy right now. Oh, you can't talk about baby formula because we can't find that. But certain things, right, you look at these things, it's not – it's not easy for people right now, especially people that are low to mid income. We grabbed a couple small salads before the show, folks. And right, right, small, <laughs> small very, salads, like small salads, right? Um, to keep our chiseled physiques in order, really. I mean, totally kidding on that. But we were like, "Wow, like this is really good." But whoa, like twenty five bucks, twenty six bucks, like it's getting pricey. You try buying a pizza, and I'm not blaming any of these these companies out there i mean of I don't course blame not. at all right but they are charging more because everything for them costs more everything costs more including how how these supplies get to their to their shops right to their kitchens and it even costs more than to pay people to be there so everything is going up if in you're price. doing delivery the gas for the delivery drivers everything right i mean everything we're going to go into more about inflation um again we're going to have paul meeks on a little bit later in this hour um we're going to talk more about um paul pelosi uh, DUI uh, picked up, uh, but yeah, some some reason that that body cam footage it shouldn't be released, can't be released. It might uh, it might actually um, might actually screw up the inve investigation or or cover up. I can't remember what they said. And here's the problem: before we go to break with that too, you know, you look at something like that. Like we have body cam of every other issue with police officers across the country weekly. Within seconds. Within seconds. Of a right? crime, right. Right. But no, 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 we can't show that. And also, by the way, we can't show January 6th footage. Hours and hours and hundreds and thousands of hours. Nope. Can't show that, though, because why, why would that be helpful to the committee, right? Why wouldn't that be helpful for these hearings? Maybe just showing, instead of doing a hearing, let's just do primetime television of watching the videos for hours and hours and hours for the next month. Yeah. Why don't we do that? Folks, if you need us throughout the week, 833-FIN-GUYS. If you'd like to call in, especially those that are still supporting President Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, please call us, 
4TFG. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Financial Guys. On Title 42, sir, are you considering delaying lifting Title 42? No, what I'm considering is continuing to hear from my... Uh, my, well, first of all, there's going to be an appeal by the Justice Department because as a matter of principle, we want to be able to be in a position where if in fact it is strongly concluded by the scientists that we need Title 42, that we'd be able to do that. But there has been no decision on extending Title 42. Your hosts, Mike Lomas and Glenn Wiggle. All righty, welcome back. Mike Hayflick and Mike Sparaza in for Mike and Glenn this weekend. And lots to talk about, folks. Lots locally and lots at the national level. And a lot of hurting going on right now, especially because of inflation. Lots of inflation causing interest rates to rise, markets to go down, markets to be extremely volatile. Please stay tuned. Later in this hour, you're going to hear from one of our chartered financial analysts, Paul Meeks. And uh, I'm looking forward to that because I think a lot of people are wondering what's going on. Um, right now, though, we'd like to talk about our 23rd district here in Western New York. Uh, Chris Jacobs is out of that race. Uh, and Carl Palladino is stepping up. Nick Langworthy is stepping up, trying to get that seat. Um, this is an interesting time, Mike. Yeah, it, it, it sure is. And, and uh, you know, I think this week, obviously, a huge thing. Well, it was last week, and actually Mike and I were talking about it on the show. But, but Carl Palladino throws his hat into the race, and uh, it was a big week for Carl. He had to get some signatures to get onto the ballot. And I, I know we have now Nancy Orticelli on the line. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nancy, how are you? I'm good, guys. How are you? We are great. I know you were involved in this grassroots effort to help Carl. Can you tell us a little bit about the week, how everything came together, and where we stand right now? Absolutely. So we all know what Chris Jacobs said. I'm not going to rehash that. We know what happened. And and he resigned a week ago Friday. And Nick Langworthy um, stated that he was going to run. And then we also know that Carl announced his, his throwing his hat into the race as well. And that just set off a firestorm of flurry and activity in the political realm in, you know, activist grassroots organizations. And so um, the organization that I'm involved in is the Constitutional Coalition of New York State, and we have a uh, big network of grassroots organizations all the way down from downstate New York up to Monroe County, over to Chemung County, and it was amazing because once the people heard that Carl, you know, everyone knew Nick was entering the race and it didn't really cause much, um, it didn't really cause any ripples, but when Carl entered the race, it was like the grassroots people got a shot of adrenaline and were like, this is our guy. Um, I think the reason why grassroots appreciates and loves Carl so much is because he has always, always shown up for the people. He has accepted virtually every invitation to come and speak. I know for my organization, the coalition, Anytime we've needed money to go to Albany for a protest, he's paid for the buses. He has, he has offered his, his help in any way he can and always accessible. So everybody got excited. Everybody got on board. It was a mad dash to get signatures this last week. It was relentless. And Nancy, tell us a little bit about that. So, so he needed, what was it, 1,100 signatures he needed? Approximately, yeah, it was 1,046 or 1,048 signatures he needed. And Friday, everyone was 
trying to figure out how are we going to organize this effort? How are we going to structure this? Because we only have five days where you usually have a couple months or a couple weeks and you get your committee members to do this for you. But this was only in five days. And I don't know if this has ever been done before, but people started mobilizing. There was a team that came in and set up headquarters at a hotel. And I know you guys were awesome in letting us use your facility to have people come in and sign. And it started spreading like wildfire. It was Cattaraugus County, Chautauqua County, all the counties in the district were, how can we help? How can we help? I think, thank God for unlimited data on my phone because <laughs> it was insane. And I don't think any of us hardly slept this week. And, you know, by the middle of the week, it was day two, day three. We're like, we don't have it. We don't have it. We don't have it. Finally, on Friday, there's a final count scrubbed. You know, they were all scrubbed, all the signatures, all the, all the people who signed. Carl got 3,121 signatures in five days oh my goodness that that's awesome so that that means he's he's on the ballot then i would assume right well so there's a process uh nick langworthy we found out he filed as well nick only got 2100 so carl got way more than nick did and i think that you know speaks a lot as as far as what the people want um and so what happens is i believe that after they were turned into the board of elections in albany on friday uh nick and his team have three to five days to challenge it and there's going to be challenges. There's going to be because they're going to try to get some signatures off the ballot or off the petition so that, you know, Carl's not on the ballot. But you figure they have to get at least 2,000 thrown off. And how are you, you know what I'm saying? The odds of mm-hmm. 2,000 signatures not being valid, that's very, they're not good odds. So I am right. here saying today, I 100% believe that Carl's going to be on the ballot. So, Nancy, I don't know if you were kind of in the room or on a call or on a Zoom or whatever when Carl decided, yes, I will do this. I want to step up again. Yet again, Carl over the years has always been an advocate for, I'm just going to say, common sense. I mean, Mm -hmm. right from Buffalo School Board to everything he's done in politics, whether it's just supporting candidates that have common sense or or doing it himself, right? And his business, too. And his, and his yeah, business. Yeah. His, he's run great businesses, right? Great development mm-hmm, business. Absolutely. Um, did you get any feedback as to, you know, was it hard to cajole Carl? Was it an easy kind of like instant, you know, yes, I'm going to do this? Honestly, I have no idea. I just know on Friday night I got a call and mm-hmm. I was asked, Nance, can you get your, you know, from Carl, can you get your grassroots groups to come out for me? So I don't know what happened to lead up to that, but I feel like um, I, I feel like Carl has always been a man for the people. We don't we know he doesn't need this. Mm-hmm. In fact, he's probably he's getting attacked viciously again. Yep. A lot of people would shy away from that just because of that fact. So you have to ask yourself why is he even doing this? Mm-hmm. And I know it's because he cares. He cares for the people of the state of New York, whether people want to believe it or not. He has no ulterior motive. It's not like he wants to be in Congress for the next 30 years. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right, right. He wants to go and, and, and have a voice. And I know people are saying about Carl, like, we don't need troublemakers in Washington. We don't need somebody who just likes to make a lot of noise. Mm-hmm. They said the same thing about Trump. Yeah. And, and look what happened. And people, you know, the Republicans have completely embraced Donald Trump. You remember the primary when he was running the first time, how they were saying these exact same things about Donald Trump that they're saying about Carl Palladino. Mm-hmm. Now, I will say, 
whoever wins the primary, Nick or Carl, um, and I know there's a couple other people running, but we have to be realistic here. Mm-hmm. Um, either if it's Nick or Carl, we as Republicans and conservatives do need to rally behind the person who wins the primary because we do not want to lose the seat. We're not going to lose the seat, though. It's in a heavily red district. It's the southern tier. But I do think that after the primary, we need to unify as parties and as conservatives. But I do think that until the primary, it's anyone's guess and it's anyone's, it's anyone's win. And we need to ask ourselves once again, the candidate who's going, what is the motive? Why do they want to do it? Carl's motives, even when he was on the Buffalo School Board, has always been for the people. Like, why would any man in his right mind want to be on the <laughs> Buffalo School Board and take the beating that that man got? He doesn't need it. No doubt. He's a successful <laughs> businessman. So, yeah. Nancy, how, how can people help Carl if they, if they want to get involved? Um, you could email our coalition, ccnys at usa.com, um, or you could go to Paladino for Congress. There's a website. There's also um, a Facebook page and a Twitter handle for Carl, and you can message either one of those social media outlets and and just say, you know, you, you want to volunteer, and I guess the team will try to plug you in where they can. Awesome. Nancy Orticelli, Constitutional Coalition of New York State. Thank you so much for joining us and giving, giving us a little bit more insight uh, on the Carl Palladino entering his hat in the ring for the uh, 23rd District. Thanks again, Nancy. Absolutely. Bye, guys. Awesome. Have a great weekend. All right, folks, we'll be right back after this break. You are listening to the Financial Guys Radio Network. You're listening to the Financial Guys. I mean, you want to talk about just smacking you as a taxpayer right in the face. Now, here's Glenn Wiggle and Mike Lomas. All righty, welcome back. Mike Hayflick and Mike Sparaza in for Mike and Glenn this weekend. And uh, we want to thank Nancy Orticelli once again uh, from the Constitutional Coalition of New York State. Uh, you can support Carl Palladino at ccnys at usa.com or paladinoforcongress.com. Uh, we have a, other little news here. Um, uh, first, I think we should congratulate um, LeBron James. Um, he joined, I think, Michael Jordan. And I think we just saw that Tiger Woods, they all joined the $1 billion club. America stinks, doesn't it? Really yeah. is a terrible place to be. It took them way yeah. far too long yeah. to become billionaires. Yeah. Very unfair here. Like, it's just, it's just, it's horrendous. It's, yeah. it's so oppressive, this, this country of ours. Yep. Um, also, in, I guess, <laughs> in sports news, so to speak, um, Jack Del Rio, do you want to frame this for everyone? Yeah, so so Jack Del Rio has been a coach in the NFL for a long time, and uh, he made some comments this week after he, uh, getting asked a question by uh, a reporter, and he was he said the words the you know January six dust up is how he worded it, and he was mm-hmm. comparing it to the the summer of love as mm-hmm. we called it here at the financial guys, and um, you know all the issues, the burning down of buildings, and he was essentially comparing the two things, right, mm-hmm. and. Um, Apparently that didn't go so well for him. So, so the head coach Ron Rivera of the Washington Commanders could because we can't say Redskins anymore. Well, the Washington, oh, yeah, I hope that got it. beeped out. Can't, can't say it, Pam. I hope you beep that. The Washington Commanders, <laughs> the R word, the, the R word. Yeah, <laughs> the Washington Commanders, formerly the Redskins, said this morning I met with Coach Del Rio to express how disappointed I am at his comments, and he goes to talk about how you know what happened with the insurrection and mm-hmm. uh, all that jazz. But then this is the interesting part here. He does have the right to voice his opinion as a U.S. citizen, and it uh, most certainly in his constitutional right to do so. However, However. 
words have consequences, and his words hurt a lot of people in our community. So we're going to fine you $100,000. So you have the ability to say what you want as a citizen of the United States, mm-hmm. but we're going to fine you. That's like, that's like your boss telling you, hey, Friday's dressed down Fridays. You have the ability to wear jeans and a polo on Friday. However, I'm going to fine you $5,000 if you do so. <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, you can't make this stuff up. And, and again... He was not, if anybody listened to the interview, and I did, he was not combative. He no. was just making a statement and what he felt. But in our day, in our, in our country these days, you just can't express your opinion. God forbid, heavens to Betsy, you will get fined these days. You can't have opinions anymore. Not allowed. Yeah. I'm really curious to see what Jack Del Rio's uh, response is now. Is he just going to lay I would have walked out. Well, Me personally, I would have walked my, my right. butt right out of there. Right. And I think <laughs> it, it's just, it is, it's, uh, you can't make it up, folks. I mean, a hundred grand for being like really articulate. I thought, man, if they were going to have a spokesperson to actually try to address some of the social issues, maybe bring some unity and an understanding to things, like Jack Del Rio was very, I thought he was really good at what he was doing. And of course, it got punished to well, the he, tune of a hundred. Grand. He, he wasn't very good, Mike, because no. his opinion stinks. His, his opinion, um, yeah. while it is accepted, yeah. it will be it will be penalized. Yeah, yes, and not to be outdone, though, Mike, we can't forget here Shannon Sharp yes. from uh, Fox Sports. Not to be outdone, he tweets this week: "I'd rather pay twenty dollars a gallon than have Trump in office." Hope that answers your question. So he must have been on a question to answer with somebody. Unbelievable. Uh, Right? Yes, yes. Like, easy for you to say, Mr. Millionaire who makes $3 million a year and has a $14 million net worth. Easy for you Honest to say, to as, as the, the people making $50,000 are stressing out to fill up their tank for their gas, uh, for, the, for the gas tank for their lawnmower right. this year, right? Is anyone else, like, just co- completely smelling the irony of all these things? We said Debbie Stabenow, the Michigan Democratic senator, career politician, she says she's got it all figured out. She just drove her electric vehicle that she finally scraped up enough coin together to, to buy, right? Sixty, at least sixty to seventy thousand dollars, and and just scoffed at all the gas prices as she drove. Um, now we've got the the Shannon Sharps of the world, we've got the Nancy Pelosi's of the world, and and the Paul Pelosi's who can d- have a DUI stop in the middle of the night in his 2021 Porsche. And we can't see the body cam footage because it might ruin the investigation slash cover up. I mean, this is this is getting outrageous. And I really hope it is getting so outrageous. Like you said, Mike, that Republicans and conservatives step up. But independents and Democrats like you got to, you know, get your head out of your butt because this is getting outrageous. Like, I don't know how you can support anything going on in this country right now. Whatever political stripes you wear, how can you support anything that's going on around you? And Mike, I've said this on my on the podcast with with Stefan recently too. Like, I don't care what side of the aisle you're on either. Like, some of these issues, like taking your five year old to a strip club to give money to a stripper, I don't care what side of the aisle you're on. Not really an acceptable thing to do in a normal society, right? Disgusting. I don't care what side of the aisle you're on. If there's a DWI situation, you can't just cover it up or, or not charge somebody because it's Nancy Pelosi's husband, right? I don't care what side of the aisle you're on. Inflation hurts your pocket. Gas prices at over $5 a gallon. Some areas like California, $9, 10 a gallon. That doesn't work. Right. These people, it, it's, it's not becoming a, oh, we're conservative. So we believe in these things. Or, oh, we're dem-. Right. This is basic everyday stuff to make sure, you know, we, we talked this morning when we were talking in the office about mental health, too. Right. Mm-hmm. Th- these these issues are not, you know, partisan issues. Mental health is a serious problem in our country. 
When are we going to address that without hurting people's feelings, right? It doesn't matter anymore. You have dead kids. Mm -hmm. You have and what happened in Buffalo to African-American citizens. It's not okay. No, and we just won't in, address it. In Uvalde. I mean, all, yeah. these, all these things that are happening, folks, it's not coincidence. It's not like, it's not like they've never happened before, but they're happening more, happening more and more and more. And when there's despair and when there's anxiety being created and fear being generated, these things will happen even more and more and more. Yep. I'm waiting for the next liberal city to be taken over, aren't we? It is, isn't it about time yeah. that all yeah. the looters, they have their semi-annual, you know, basically yep. store fest? Yep. Break down oh, the uh, windows fast. Funny you did say that. I saw Macy's getting attacked this morning, actually, in a video. So that was probably the one you're talking about, maybe. But <laughs> I, I will say this, too, before we go to John from Rochester, because we'll bring him on in a second here. I mean, at, at some point, too, when we look at these liberal-run cities like Chicago and, and New York City and, and even in New York State as a whole, when we talk about gun violence and whatnot, we have some of the strictest gun laws in the country. Mm -hmm. That didn't stop anything in Buffalo. Right. Because we failed to just not look at the data that showed this kid had a major problem a year ago. Right. right? right. We look at Chicago. It's not the guns that are the problem. It's th they're illegal, number one. And number two, it's just mental health and crime in those cities. Blame it on whatever you want. Guns, cars, bombs, knives. That that stuff is going to stay whether you have strict gun laws or not. I hate to break it to the liberals out there. It's going to keep happening because guess what? Guns in Chicago that are being used often are illegal firearms. Yep. Let's go to John in Rochester. John, how are you, sir? Hey, homies. Uh, we're part of the Omega gang, huh? We're, the, we're part of the gang, yep. Oh my yep. God. I don't know what you even call gang member, like titles, but I'm going to have to look that up because I don't know where I rank in our gang, but probably on the low end. Unbelievable. You know, Jack Del Rio, he's got enough credibility in the NFL. I'm sure there's some more conservative, not left-wing owners like Jerry Jones, uh, a number of them, even, even the Pagulas, that would hire Jack Del Rio in a second. So if Jack, I hope Jack Del Rio quits and makes it known that he, he wants another job, but with somebody that respects the Constitution. Yeah, I mean that was like a what he gets smacked down for being articulate, composed, asking to do a, a just a fair comparison of events to basically say let's just hold everything accountable. Let's just not, just not pick one or two things. It wasn't it? It kind of reminded me of like the Black Lives Matter movement. Like you couldn't say Blue Lives Matter, you couldn't say All Lives Matter. M Mike, how about did, did guys get fined for taking a knee during the national anthem? Oh, no. Anybody get fined for that for making a statement? Yeah, John, maybe you have a comment on that. Did anybody get fined for that? Right? Not, was that a problem? Not that I know of. They yeah. did get fined. I did give up. Uh, I usually have six season tickets to the Bills because of that issue. And I, I communicated my displeasure to the Bills office and my account officer a number of times. Uh, I gave up uh, five of my six uh, season tickets. Hmm. That Good was for you. Hold into your principles. But but anyway, you know, uh, Mike, you brought up uh, uh, the the fact that this is like a communist Chinese Soviet Union sponsored uh, media mm -hmm. uh, with this January sixth coverage. It's unbelievable that. Uh, all the media outlets, except for the major one not being participating, is Fox. It's, mm -hmm. To me, it's unbelievable. It brings back that communist, uh, the old Soviet Union task news agency. Yep. And that's what's happening out there. And when you think about it, we all know that uh, a lot of that instigation at January 6th 
was due to uh, uh, troublemakers from BLM, Antifa. You had some rogue uh, mega people, yeah, but mm-hmm. what, a couple hundred out of uh, how many people were there that day? Two to 200 to 300,000? Right. It's unbelievable. And as and, far as and, I know, not, no one was armed inside that Capitol, right, except some of those Capitol officers. The one who shot Ashley Babbitt, right? He was armed. He shot her as she came through a window, and there's been no investigation. No investigation of, of, of this, this cop at all. He was pretty quickly exonerated. Uh, Michael Bird was the gentleman's name. Um, basically, he said she started to come through gla- the glass, so a broken window, I'm assuming. He fires his gun, says he was unaware that she was unarmed. Well, since when is that okay? Like, it's yeah. never okay. It's always scrutinized. If a cop shoots anybody, did, did the person that you, you shot, were they a threat to you to, to shoot you or kill you? And they just haven't even looked at that, John, right? That's a whole nother, whole nother show, I suppose. But, you know, you're right. I think this media, under the guise of being kind of fair, balanced, very kind of neutral, and having all sorts of different names, right? They're all different corporations or, or stations, so to speak. But they're all in the, They're all in it together. And let's face d- it. D- does anybody does anybody want to ask the question too that keeps being asked on Fox News and maybe nowhere else? Who's this Ray Apps guy, and where is he, and what was he involved with, by the way? Because the videos show what he was involved with: pressuring people, telling people to storm the Capitol. Like, what happened to him? He's not arrested yet, is he? Well, you know, the ironic part about this whole thing is that it. You know, there should have been a real, well, there wasn't, well, number one, there wasn't an insurrection. Nobody had weapons on them. (laughs) If you're going to have an insurrection, you're going to have weapons, but there were no weapons. But, you know, an insurrection could have been justified here when you consider the evidence of the voter fraud that went on in the the battleground states. That, Mm -hmm. to me, is the biggest, besides the Trump uh, illegal surveillance and these phony impeachment issues, Mm -hmm. uh, that election fraud issue was the biggest, uh, historically, the biggest uh, crime in the United States history. There's so much evidence of the election fraud. You guys, we've talked about it before. There were uh, hearings, legislate, state legislative hearings in all the battleground states with 900 witnesses and affidavits of, of definite voter fraud. It was unbelievable, and and, actually, and 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 afterwards, there's been recent video evidence of these uh, Dropbox uh, fraud that was going on. And and the other thing, you guys uh, had a or Mike and Glenn maybe uh, had a, a month ago had a group from Audit New York on mm-hmm. talking about actual voter fraud in New York State, which you would think during the two. Uh, 2020 election. Now, Trump's not going to win New York State, but they had estimated there were 500,000 illegal ballots that were cast in New York State in 2020. So this voter fraud thing is rampant all over the place. And I'll tell you, if if that that really occurred, and I I believe it has, there's a lot of evidence and it's still going to be coming out. uh, uh, The documentary, 2,000 Mules, uh, documented a lot of this. I'll tell you, there should have been an insurrection. I mean, I mean, John, but but here's the thing too. Let, let let's let, let's talk through it with, you know, 
the fact that, that in today's society, in 2022, people can vote more than once. And what the example that you were talking about with Audit New York, they had one person essentially voted 10 times, right? Yeah. If it's happening in a blue, blue, blue state, it's happening in other places. When garbage bags of votes are being brought in at 2 a.m., doesn't that kind of strike you as a little weird? In 2022, just, just in these last primaries, I think it was Ohio, just machines stopped working for a couple minutes or they were delayed by an hour. Like, again, it's 2022. This is not that difficult, right? This is not the first time we've had elections. Why don't every other country in the world have these problems like we do? It's just, it, it's not adding up anymore. And anybody who, and you know, again, too, the thought that some people out there want no ID voting. I mean, I, I, how come I can't do that on a plane, right? I, I always go back to that. I need a plane. I need an ID to go on a plane, but voting in New York, I don't need one. In my county, I don't need a ID to vote in my county. How insane is that? Yeah, we'll give you the last word, John. Yeah, you know, we're almost like a banana republic. We really are. And you know what the scary part of this whole thing is, too, is uh, the Republicans lost the Senate. And they lost the House of Representatives because of the voter fraud. That's the other issue to bring out. And can you imagine in New York State, uh, uh, Trump would have lost New York State regardless of the, vo- uh, the voter fraud in New York. However, what about the state Senate? What about the state Assembly? Uh, the, the Republicans could have held on to the state Senate and made a dent into the state Assembly and some of the other uh, offices in New York State. So... This voter fraud issue is serious in all 50 states, it looks like, including New York. Yeah, no doubt. Thanks again, John. Thanks for calling. Keep up the fight. All right, you too. We're going to take a quick break, folks, and uh, I know a lot of you are concerned about what's going on in your investment accounts. You're concerned with how expensive things are becoming and are right now. Uh, We're going to be talking to one of our colleagues and friends, Paul Meeks, chartered financial analyst, stock portfolio expert, and actually professor at the Citadel. So uh, stay tuned, folks. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. You're listening to The Financial Guys. Here's Glenn Wiggle and Mike Lomas. All righty. Welcome back. What a great tune uh, coming into this, uh, <laughs> this little segment with our friend Paul Meeks. Um, a great Aerosmith tune, Paul. Are you with us? We're still waiting on Paul. I think we're still okay. waiting on Paul. I got, Live I'm radio. Gonna, I'm going to ask him. If, <laughs> I'm going to ask him if he's a big Aerosmith fan. I have a feeling he is. But yeah, we're going to talk a little bit about the economy, inflation, some of the things we're all feeling right now. But also try and get a little optimism from Paul if we can about moving forward. Um, just to give you a little bit on Paul. Paul Meeks, chartered financial analyst, Independent Solutions Wealth Management. Now that's our independent investment arm. Uh, and he's a portfolio manager, um, stock portfolio manager of the, say, I'm going to say late 90s, and uh, also a Citadel professor. So um, we can kind of banter a little bit, Mike, about what's going on, right? We see and read, you know, well, just like everyone else. But when you get someone like this guy, guys like our, our CFA John Thur, CFA Peter Nielsen, uh, it's pretty special. Well, I think I have a smarter person than even Paul Meeks that I would like to play for us for a second here because yes. he had some great comments about gas and tax and uh, you know the, the 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 rough economy right now. And I think again, no disrespect to Paul Meeks, we love Paul Meeks, but this guy may be smarter than Paul, and we're gonna we're gonna hear from him now. He's labor from forehead to the tip of his toes. He used to run the laborers' out union. Look, folks. Um, today I'd like to speak about my top economic priority: fighting inflation. I understand Americans are anxious, and they're anxious for good reason. 
I was raised in a household when the price of gasoline rose precipitously. It was the discussion at the table. It made a difference when food prices went up. But we've never seen anything like Putin's tax on both food and gas. Mike, before you go into the <laughs> before you go into the that, that lie that he just told you there, I would like to ask a question. Since when are we on Putin tax? When did that happen? I don't right? know. We're the United States of America. We're not on anybody's tax. We're not, we are our own country, and we're the strongest country in the world. Maybe we used to be. Maybe we're not anymore. But we are not on anybody else's dime or anybody else's tax. So, right. so where was he going with that first? But second off, why don't you break down that lie that he just told us about when he was young, a young lad? This is great because earlier, didn't we hear during part of the break, Joe is saying, Putin does not want me to be president. Right. He does not right. want me, right. tough guy Joe, to be the right. president. Right. Right. Him and Trump, they're chummy together. They're pals. Yep. He does not want me in office. Well, now he keeps repeating yep. everything about Putin. Who yep. has the who has the, you know, I guess the infatuation about <laughs> Putin now, like the 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 crush or something, right? right? right. Who who is it? Is it Trump yeah. or Biden? So all right, so President Trump was born in nineteen forty two and we pulled out a little data. Biden. President Biden. So President you said Trump. Biden <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Trump, I don't know when he was born, but we'll, we'll figure that out. So President Biden, born in 1942, and on an inflation-adjusted basis, this would be the 2015 prices, gas price would have been about 239 okay? Now, 30 years later, okay, right when our president was, was basically divorcing his first wife in 1972, so 30 years old, gas prices, Mike, get a kick out of this, right? 159 159 gas prices actually went down in joe biden's first 30 years on earth when did they go up well i don't know i wonder if he was still living with his parents in 1979 1980 1981 because that's when there was the energy crisis that's when we were in lines and there was rationing of of sorts to get gasoline and to his point mike too you know when you look at let's look at the first eight years of his life it starts at 239 down to 230 down to 225 down to 219 196 197 209 it goes to when he's about what's what is that seven years old yeah and then it goes to 217 two back down to 214 back down to 203 back down to 201 208 and again these are 2015 prices folks it's actually like a quarter back then but but the point is is that these these increases at his parents dinner table he's talking about He's talking about one cent a year, and it's actually, <laughs> right. when you look at inflation-based, it's actually going down or staying stagnant. So right. th- these are the things that he does when he talks about when he used to be a semi-truck driver, all this yep. bananas that he says, right? Like, the guy the guy just, he, he's all about, you know, feelings again and, and trying to, fe- I know what it feels like to be you. No, you don't, Joe. You've been in politics since 1970-whatever. You don't know what it's like to be us little people. You have no clue. Right. This is this was the the guy I tried to find out, uh, figure out, and, and I couldn't search for the name in my brain here. Corn Pop. Right. Remember right. Joe saying, "Yeah, you know, when I was a kid, Corn Pop. He was in the neighborhood. He was a bad dude." Right. 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 I mean, the, Joe. Joe just he. I don't even know if he understands or remembers his own past anymore. Yep. He just thinks of whatever's going to suit that moment. Right. Oh, when I was sitting at the dinner table. No, you, you didn't sit at the dinner table and talk about rising gas prices. That just didn't happen, Joe. And if you did, you were maybe living in a different country at the time because these numbers don't say what you just said. And listen to him. This is not the Jimmy Kimmel clip we're going to play for later because that's a nice minute-long clip of Joe trying to get words together. Right. This, this is Joe about his own economy right now. Let, let's take a listen to Joe here. Look, here's where we are. We have the fastest-growing economy in the world. The world. The world. Three worlds. You, you, you sure about that, Joe? <laughs> we sure about that? 
<laughs> it doesn't feel that way, no. right? The the economy actually shrank last quarter, Joe. It doesn't feel that way. No, and the, the actual rising of interest rates is trying to. I mean, he's just so out there. He he just really is so out there. That whole Jimmy Kimmel interview, if you if you really can bear to listen to it, folks, you you've almost got to listen to it. Um, I mean, here he is in a thirty-eight to thirty-nine percent approval rating moment, and 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 seventy-three percent are among Democrats, right? So seventy-three percent are are I think approving of him. That, that's a big loss, right, of his own support. Um, he came out on Jimmy Kimmel and he actually had a mask on, but as soon as the curtain opened, the mask came off. So we can't let go of this whole COVID thing, right? Mask mandates, you know, doing the right thing. He takes the mask off and then here he is, you know, shaking Jimmy's hand and embracing and all that. And every single topic. Now we had a clip actually, uh, Joe was searching for words. And essentially the whole idea was this. He was saying, you know, the media playing out sucks. They just aren't giving us, you know, all the uh, the um, comments, the, the great positive remarks. Why? Because they've got something up their sleeve. They want to get clicks on the internet, right? He he tried to express that, and he couldn't. Jimmy Kimmel actually had to go to a commercial. It got so bad. Do you want to go to a commercial real quick, and then we'll come back with that clip? Yeah, we yeah you want to go to you got to hear this. We'll, we'll be right back, folks. We're going to hear uh, Jimmy Kimmel try and help Joe Biden through a uh, one-minute statement that he's trying to make about again, like Mike said, <laughs> you know, the fact that people are there for clicks and, and retweets and tweets, but but President Biden just couldn't handle it himself. So Jimmy Kimmel had to step in. We will be right back after the break. And, and uh, that's Russia, Africa. That's a continent. How about a country in Africa? Uh, I know South Africa is over here somewhere. No, it's, no, it's down here, yeah. yeah it's now, here's Glenn Wiggle and Mike Lomas. Alrighty, welcome back. Happy Saturday, happy spring, heading into summer. It's finally nice. Everything's turning green and blue skies are here. It's wonderful. Lots of good things happening and also lots of bad things like high mm-hmm. prices. Um, inflation is really the talk of the nation, unless you are in Washington, D.C. It's the January 6th um, propaganda hearings, I guess, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, we're about 18 months away from that day, and we still need to, you know, talk about it 24-7. Like, we don't have any other problems in our country right now. Nothing nothing going wrong here. Everything going smoothly. Uh, you know, families living easy, not paycheck to paycheck here in our country, right? Everything is just perfect right now. You got to give them credit, though, for their persistence to deflect, right? Yep. Every day yep. it's about deflection, yep. and that's what's well, happening. Mike, they have no other choice, Mike. They don't, You're right. Mean, there's not one good thing going on. You mentioned them before. The yep. border is a nightmare. Inflation, we, you know, we'll go to Paul Meeks here right now, actually, yep. and then we'll come back to Biden. But, you know, it, it's just everything about this, and, and I'll let you start with Paul, and then yeah, I have yeah. my question about these, these charts we're looking at, because it's amazing. Absolutely. Yeah, so uh, we now have Paul Meeks. So sorry, Paul, that we made you wait. How dare you? <laughs> Agreed. How dare <laughs> us? Um, <laughs> was that Paul's voice? Yeah. <laughs> that was great. Oh, my God. What a good interpretation. He, he should be on, on Broadway with that voice, I guess. I don't know. Um, Paul, listen. Um, Every single client appointment, every review I go through, it starts with, let me try to interpret for you what's going on. And it pretty much starts with the loss of purchasing power, the idea of inflation going on right now, that the, um, I guess the, the administration and, and probably people like uh, Jerome Powell said, 
we hope it's transitory. And instead of using the word temporary, I don't know why they have to use the word transitory, but it hasn't been temporary, Paul. So Paul Meeks, Chartered Financial Analyst, Independent Solutions Portfolio Manager and Professor at the Citadel. I don't know if everyone knows that, but Paul, can you give a little bit of your opinion on this and put this all into context for our listeners? Sure. You know, inflation has been a problem for some time. And, you know, it actually was not just a um, uh, issue driven by the war in Ukraine. Of course, that uh, exacerbated the problem with the supply chain. And we're just all hoping, you know, nobody expects that inflation rate will go back to where it was pre-COVID, which was about 2% per year. Mm -hmm. You know, the uh, print the other day for the last month was 8.6% year year to year, and it caused a big uh, downdraft in the market because it was expected to be less. You know, the bulls were hoping that inflation had peaked in March. And now we have an April reading and a May reading, and it just got worse. Mm-hmm. So what I'm looking for to get more constructive, because I can't be that constructive now in the financial markets, is not for inflation to go away. That won't happen for a long, long time. But we need to see it peak. And that means the uh, next monthly reading, because they have monthly readings, we need to see it. It'll continue to increase, but at a lesser rate. Mm-hmm. And so far, the big disappointment last week was it increased at an increasing rate, and we needed to increase at a decreasing rate. And so, yeah, inflation is uh, front and center. Yeah. And the way our central bank, the Federal Reserve Board, solves the problem is they raise interest rates to tame inflation. And so if the readings remain high, they'll be forced to uh, raise interest rates higher and more quickly than they had planned. And, of course, that's a real uh, ferocious headwind for stocks or almost any financial asset. And, Paul, I know in your world, obviously, you know, investments and, and, and funds, you know, increasing in value is always, always the idea, right? We want things to increase over time, especially when we're talking about our retirement. Some numbers, though, you don't want to keep increasing. And some of these numbers, average gas price, June of 2020, 2.17, June of 2022, well, now we're at five dollars. Mm-hmm. Inflation point six percent in June of twenty twenty. June of twenty twenty two eight point six. Now, COVID cases higher. Illegal border encounters higher. Consumer debt, Paul. This is the big one. Consumer total consumer debt increased point three percent in June of twenty twenty. Negative point three percent. June of twenty twenty two fourteen percent. Those numbers are going the wrong way, right? I mean that that's not sustainable for many Americans, and obviously for the markets, I'm sure it's not good either. Correct. That's right. Um, Of course, a lot of those that you mentioned are components of the inflation gauge. Mm -hmm. But yeah, yeah, we need to uh, see a slowdown in those numbers. But here's the problem. Remember, the uh, Fed has to raise interest rates to stifle inflation. And we're hoping that they can do this because this is a uh, plan that they've orchestrated that goes deep into 2023. We hope that they Uh, lead us to what we call a soft landing, Mm -hmm. where they raise interest rates, uh, inflation comes down, but it does not slow demand enough that we have a recession. Now, uh, there's probably right now about a third to a half uh, chance that uh, that happens with the other bit coming from a hard landing, which is, yep, interest rates go up, yep, inflation comes down, but it triggers a recession because they bring down demand with it. And so right now, it's just too tough to tell who's going to win. Uh, We know the Fed is embarking on this journey. They got the aircraft up in the air. Is it a soft landing? We hope. Is it a hard landing? We hope not. 
But right now, I'd say it's probably 50-50 either direction. So for our listeners, Paul, a lot of people think and have perhaps successfully gone it alone in terms of financial planning, um, sort of putting their own advisor hat on, their own portfolio manager hat on within their household. I, I feel, I sense, and I'm in this business, so I, and don't get me wrong, folks, I make a living in what I do, and you do too, Paul, and Mike, you do, but I, I really feel like there isn't a better time probably in the last 10 years that I can say to people, you really need a team of specialists on your side to sort of weather this kind of a storm. Can you just give your thoughts on that? I think that's a really appropriate comment. If you think about it, uh, the value of assets, whether it be stocks, bonds, your automobile, your home, your second home, the value of almost any financial asset when interest rates are zero, uh, they skyrocket. It doesn't really matter you know, the fundamentals of the business. Everything goes up. Interest rates are low. And so now, for the first time really since the financial crisis, which goes all the way back to 08, 09, we now have a regime where interest rates are rising, not falling. And so, you know, the easy money had been made because you could uh, have no advice at all and just wing it and do very well since then with zero interest rates. But now that interest rates are rising, you really need a specialist on your side, right, because the easy money had been made. Now it's serious business because not all assets do well in a rising interest rate environment. You've changed the paradigm. And so we go from passive investing, which you do nothing and you make gobs of money, that's over. Now you probably are into a paradigm where you need an active manager. Yeah, I agree. And I, I know I focus on helping people just approaching retirement with some income planning and, and the proper selection of the time to claim Social Security. And so I focus a lot on that, trying to make sure people can continue to live the lifestyle they wish to lead. I know you then, in partnership with me and with a lot of other uh, advisors, you try to figure out what to do with all that capital that people have accumulated. Can you give everyone just a sense, just to wrap this up, of you know, over, say, the next, oh, I don't know, six to 18 months, what can people do? What are the best habits or, I guess, you know, just on a more tactical level, what are the best actions that people can take um, to just uh, not, not only preserve, but maybe be opportunistic in these markets and in these times? Yeah, so the first thing I would do is um, maybe you need a fresh set of eyes uh, looking at your portfolio, just like you said, uh, Mike. Good opportunity to do that. Um, and I say the next thing is, this is what I do in portfolios, is I do have a little bit of a cash buffer right now, trying to keep some powder dry, maybe extra powder dry. Um, there will be a chance to buy bonds. Bonds have been un unattractive for about 20 years. But as interest rates rise, the silver lining is the yields on bonds will go higher. and We might see a good chance to buy bonds again for the first time in almost a generation. And then on the stock side of the house, there are various sectors of the economy in which companies do okay or better than others in this environment. And obviously the oil patch, the energy companies are doing well. The utilities are pretty safe because they have these little monopolies in your community and they pay big dividend <laughs> yields. Mm -hmm. And then lastly, basic materials. Uh, not just oil, but basic materials of all sorts do quite well in an inflationary environment. So those are some ideas about what you can do until the uh, smoke clears. 
Awesome. So we, yeah, we often talk, I know Mike Lomas and Glenn Wiggle often talk about, you know, sort of shine some light on what you've got, right? Mike, you always say it about your policies, insurance policies, shine some light on it first. But then, you know, it's not about making wholesale changes in almost every case. It's about making subtle adjustments. Find a team of specialist folks. If you want to reach out to us and actually talk to people like, or have Paul Meeks and people like John Thur, Peter Nielsen, chartered financial analysts actually oversee your portfolio. Give us a ring at 833-FIN-GUYS and you can actually talk to these folks. Uh, we'll set up a conference call or you can see them in person. Paul, thanks so much for joining us and uh, have a great rest of your weekend. You too, bye. All right, Paul Meeks, chartered financial analyst. Um, super bright guy, but again, Paul is an educator and he's very articulate. He can communicate. Um, I often tell people, Listen, I don't think anybody I work with at a client level is dumb. Everyone's very smart, the people I talk to. We're all just smart in different ways. Paul is smart in a really significant way, how to handle your money and, and what to do with investments. Absolutely, and it's always good hearing his perspective. He's a little more optimistic sometimes than I mm -hmm. think people like maybe me are. Yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. but he, you know, he gives a, a great perspective on it because he's so intertwined in it every single day, and he's focusing on you know the markets every day. He's focusing on inflation every day, and I think mm -hmm. that's a huge asset to to all of our clients. No doubt. So if you need us throughout the week, including meeting people, talking to people like Paul Meeks, others like John Thur, Peter Nielsen. Uh, Call us, 833-FIN-GUYS. If you'd like to join us, folks, uh, comment on a few of the things we've been talking about here. January 6th hearings. Uh, the 23rd District uh, now has Carl Palladino, Nick Langworthy uh, with their hats in the ring, as Chris Jacobs has now resigned uh, from the 23rd District. Um, our economy, inflationary pressures. How about some of these elitists? They seem so desensitized by, uh, you know, by, by their own style of living. You know, they don't seem to be very compassionate and caring and understanding at all. Uh, if you want to comment on anything, call us right now, 844-434-4834. Uh, I think we're going to take a quick break, and yep. we'll be right back. Uh, we're going to actually talk to another new member of our Financial Guys team in just a moment. So stay with us. Automobiles. Last year alone, they accounted for one-third of all the inflation in America. You know, the price went up because so fewer, fewer being made. Really? A third of inflation was the automobile? Really? <laughs> I don't think so, Joe. And now, back to the Financial Guys. All righty, welcome back. Hope you're doing some cool, fun things. Um, <laughs> after talking to Paul Meeks, um, you know, he does bring a little bit of optimism. Obviously, he uh, frames what's going on out there and hopefully gives everyone a sense of, you know, this is temporary. We will get through this. How painful it'll be is, is the question. But I also think, man, it can be easy to go down this kind of depression spiral, isn't it? There's yeah, so many yeah. things. Uh, I mean, um, you know, and, and I, I always say this, too. I, I the, the people that Joe Biden and, and his, you know, Democratic Party uh, you know, told that we're, we're going to make it better for you, right? The world's right. going to be easier for you. and Unite. And we're going to unite you, yeah. <laughs> They're making it worse for you, right? Yeah. Th th those Joe Biden voters out there that, that thought their life was going to get better and easier, guess what? Mm -hmm. For most, it hasn't, right. right? You know, and I feel bad for people, especially like we talked about, the low to middle income folks, Um it's pretty darn sad, right? Because their their pockets are getting eaten alive by inflation, by gas prices, you know, consumer debt, interest rates. Mike, we didn't really yep. talk too much about that with Paul, but interest rates. I bought a house a year ago, folks. Interest rates almost double what I got a yep. year ago, one year. 
Yeah, I think from the beginning of the year, um, and, and Ryan Norton certainly could could um, confirm this, I think rates were somewhere in the 3.5% range for 30-year mortgage. In just five months, they were 5.5%. So yeah. by far, way, way, way more. Still historically low. Of course, if you factor in that you might pay off mortgages sooner, um, you know, at some point if the rates actually did go down again, you might refinance. Things like that can happen. But um, just this attempt, and, and I, I really, if we had more time with Paul, I'd love to say, how do you think the Federal Reserve actually handled the interest rates over the last, say, 15 to 20 years? Because they were at zero, essentially, yeah. for 13 years, yep. 14 years. So I, I just think there's been mishandling at many levels. But you know what? Guess who's in charge right now, Mike? Joe Biden. Right. And right. He, is, he is, whether he wants to try to continue to blame Trump or try to blame now Putin about everything, right? Not only are gas prices Putin's fault now, folks, but grocery prices are his fault too. It's the Putin price increases that we're talking about. Not not Joe Biden's and, the, and his poor administration. Um, his whole cabinet should be held accountable for everything going on in the universe, right? And I, I, I wish I had my career was that way where I could just be like, gosh darn it, <laughs> right. it's Biden's fault. That's why that insurance policy wasn't perfect. Oh, son of a gun, mm -hmm. it's Biden's fault. That's why we didn't call you back. Right? Like you, you can't, you can't always blame everybody else. And and again, a lot of these are self-made issues. Yeah. You know, you look at, you know, Mike. I'm going to play that clip that I had before of of Biden talking about uh, on his campaign trail about. Uh, you know, the, the, the oil industry and the fossil fuel industry. And he talks about this directly of, you know, yep. we're going to shut it down. And then we wonder why, hmm, why is gas getting so expensive in this country? Yep. Number one, no more subsidies for fossil fuel industry. No more drilling on federal lands. No more drilling, including offshore. No ability for the oil industry to continue to drill, period. Huh. Wow. <laughs> well, thanks, Joe. You did it. Well done, Joseph. Nice Honestly. job. And, and, and you go, and again, Mike, you always say this too. We will make fuel or, or drill for fuel, I should say, mm -hmm. cleaner here, more efficiently here. Mm -hmm. And again, we are not against alternative energy sources, right? right. I'm all for the electric car. I, I'm fine with that, but it's got to be affordable and it's got to be actually usable if you're taking a road trip or whatever. We're not against it, but we can't just stop drilling for fuel because we want electric. That's not how it works. Right. And a lot of these companies are absolutely like multinational companies. So it's not like you could say easily, we're just going to go pro-American, right? But a lot of the companies in the United States of America, yes, they make billions of dollars, but they employ hundreds of thousands of people. They employ hundreds of thousands of people who also make a living working for these companies. And the other thing would be this. Those companies have the means. They have the capital and the know-how, right? They have the experience to do just what you said, get the natural resources out of our, out of our uh, uh, country yep. and do it in the cleanest, most efficient, most cost-effective ways. Why can't we all agree that if we are gonna go to electric vehicles or some kind of solar-powered jet airplanes, <laughs> I, yeah. mean, I mean, that's yeah. what they think, right? Yeah. Everything. Well, well, yeah. unless you're on a private jet, like right. those private right. jets are going to need fuel or so. the yacht or the yacht. Yeah. Oh, gosh, yeah. please don't take my yeah. three billion dollar yacht away. Yeah. But why can't we agree that if we're going to get to that EV alternative energy era someday and never go look back, why can't we use American resources and American ingenuity and use American people to get us there?
it just makes no sense. Oh, yeah. And and I'll say this too. You know, Mike, that's a great point of of you know. COVID showed this better than anything, right? During the biggest crisis, at least in my lifetime, I'm, I'm now 30. This was the biggest crisis. I mean, obviously, 9/11 was was a was a mm-hmm. horrible day in our country, but mm-hmm. it was not a two year plus you know right. situation, right? With COVID, we are going and we have gone to China to get masks, mm-hmm. to get many other things throughout this crisis. How could that be? We're the United States of America. Why are we not producing this stuff? And that goes in every presidency. I'm not just talking Absolutely. about Biden, by the way, right? Absolutely. Um, I know we have Scott Peel on the line, Mike, so let's mm-hmm. go to him real quick, and then we'll jump back to Biden before we bring on uh, Charlie Speraza. Scott, are you with us? Hey, Scott, hey, are you there? Yes, sir. How you doing? <laughs> awesome, awesome. Well, Scott's a new wealth manager with us, a new member of the Financial Guys. I guess, Scott, I'd like to just let our listeners, our audience, for the first time, here, how did you sort of connect with the financial guys? Uh, first of all, I want to start by saying thank you for letting me follow Biden and not Paul Meeks. Because, uh, <laughs> you uh, got it. <laughs> we set pretty high, and I wasn't sure if I could quite achieve that. Uh, Lunch on you on Monday, okay? Lunch on you. I appreciate it. Um, <laughs> I initially came into the financial guys as a client. Um, I was researching my own pension. I did a couple decades in the sheriff's office and said, you know what, maybe it's time for a change. I could figure out a lot of my own. Um, the pension system is very complicated. There's a ton of moving parts, and they're not very helpful with it. So I was forced to do a lot of research on my own, ask a lot of questions. Uh, the 800 number that you can call to get someone on the phone sometimes doesn't get answered, so it was a frustrating process and very stressful. There were things I needed help with, so I was smart enough to call that number that you guys talk about all the time uh, mm-hmm. and uh, come in and talk to a professional. We got a financial plan together. We projected where I could be, and I decided, you know what, let's retire. And after that, follow-up conversations, I said there was a real need for someone to do what I was asking them to do, mm-hmm. and they said, well, why not you? And I said, okay, let's talk about that. So wow. five certifications later, here I am, a certified financial planner, and uh, happy to be here. It's phenomenal. And I, I, as a career changer, can appreciate kind of the, uh, I don't know, the desire to say, you know what, chapter one or two or whatever is over. I'm moving on to something new. I want to ask you this because you mentioned you, you called some people, and, and I'm sure that there are wonderful people that work in all these different agencies, but sometimes they're told, in fact, I know this in the case of Social Security Administration, these people, these reps are told, don't help people. Just simply give them their options. Don't advise because they don't want to be on the hook for, for some decision-making that ultimately it's you, the retiree, to be is to, to make. But as a team of specialists in our firm, we really, I think, collaborate. We actually know what we know, and then when we don't know it, we find each other, right? Why would those in law enforcement, firefighters, first responders, for instance, benefit from working with you? I will say this. I wish I had me to talk to starting 24 years ago when I got into this career throughout the day that I retired and still to this day. There's a lot of moving parts people don't understand. And you know what's really weird? I'm a trained firefighter. I'm a trained paramedic. I'm not paramedic, but EMT and a trained police officer. And with all that training, no one ever trained me in my financial future. No one told me what a 457 was. No one told me what a Roth was. And that's a definite need for things like that. Um, At my old job, I like to put things together. Um, I was a detective for about eight years and solving puzzles and putting pieces together and helping people was something I really enjoyed doing, and I still get to do that. I love 
I love, thank you, Scott. And I love that you said the, the puzzle. That's what this is, folks, a retirement income puzzle, a retirement puzzle to reach Scott throughout the week. 833-FIN-GUYS. Thanks so much, Scott. We're going up on a hard break. We'll see you at the office on Monday. Yes, sir. Take care. All right. Thanks again. Folks, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. All righty. One half hour to go here, folks. If you'd like to call in 844-434-TFG. Uh, just can we hear some more words of wisdom, Mike? Yeah, absolutely, we can. Let's Please. let's listen to um, our 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 genius in chief here, uh, President Biden. Yes, no so, question. So there's about a it. lot of major things we've done, but what we haven't done is we haven't been able to communicate it in a way that is. Uh, um, make me say another way. Well, see, that's kind of perfect. So sorry, we're going to break this up a little bit <laughs> as we're going. When he forgets things, this is his new thing. Let me attack this a different way. How do I yeah, say yeah, this yeah. and not offend people? That's what he I want to be more. Yeah. I want to be more effective. <laughs> yeah, yeah well, I've been able to communicate. But it look how that. the press has changed. Mm -hmm. Look how the press has changed. It has changed. Oh, listen, it, I, it, I, I get. It. It. I know you get. You overstand it. Yeah. You don't just understand it. You over you overstand it. You ever hear that? No, I don't think I've. Ever I'm going to start that. using that though. It's great. I, you definitely understand. Let you me overstand. help you overstand this. Understand. <laughs> but here's the deal. One of the things is that it's very difficult now to have a, um, even with, with notable exceptions, even the really good reporters, they have to get the number of clicks on, on, the, on nightly news. Mm -hmm. So instead of asking a question, anyway, it just, everything gets, <laughs> gets sensationalized in ways that, but I'm convinced we can get through this. We have to get through it. And one of the things, look, <laughs> I'm going to take a break, and then we'll talk a little bit more. <laughs> anyway. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We have Jimmy. some of those commercials. I, 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 we have some fire. Jimmy threw the, uh, the life preserver out there. And, and not for nothing, uh, Joe, newsflash, the media is in your back pocket, buddy. So, so the bad clicks, what are you speaking of? Because they don't talk bad about you. For some reason, you get a poll pass for every little thing in the world. That was the equivalent of our puppet president having all of those strings that are hanging off of his body getting all tangled up. Getting short-circuited. They got all short-circuited, and whoever are running the actual strings are going, oh, geez, get that. That's a tangled up. <laughs> Hurry. I love when he actually gets loose of the strings, right, when they chase him down, and they're like, oh, my gosh, what's he going to yeah. say now? Yeah. Hurry, hurry. Red alert. Get him red. red alert. Joe alert. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's the equivalent of the amber alerts, the silver alerts. It's yeah. the Joe alert. We yeah. all get it on our cell phone. Oh, no, he's out of control. Yeah. It, yeah. Is really, it was really pathetic. But thankfully... To bring some common sense to this show today and some common sense to what's going on out there in the universe, we have Charlie Sparaza on the line. Charlie. My least favorite guest of the Financial Guys <laughs> Media Network coming that's at why, you, folks. That's why I brought him on. <laughs> hey, what, how are you guys? We're good. What do, you, what do you think of this, Charlie? I mean, you've been around a couple I, I, decades I, longer than us, and you hear <laughs> Joe Biden like this. What do you think? Well, let me help you understand it. Let me oh. help you with that. So the overstanding is overstanding. I'm not sure overstanding what, but you talked about those strings. My understanding, I have a very good relationship with the people at Thanksgiving Day Parade. Mm -hmm. He may be one of the floats, and they've got special strings so he doesn't get tangled up, smash into buildings. So this is a good thing, right? That's good, and I hope it's like a big soft room full of cushions and pillows and maybe even puppy dogs for him. Well, he's going to wish everybody a happy Dingus Day. But anyhow, let me... Uh, Overstand a couple of things about life insurance, but that's what I do. And as long as I'm doing it, the more and more I find out that people are so either underinsured or not insured at all. 
And the, the, the issue with the underinsured, if you're going to buy insurance, why don't we make sure that it's going to do the job? It's like if you buy automobile insurance and you have no loan, so you don't need collision and comp, it would be the dumbest thing in the world if the car's worth dollars $30,000. Mm-hmm. You're not insuring it properly. The same thing to the breadwinners of these families. I hear a lot of people talk about, I'm putting money in my 401K, I'm putting money in my IRA. What happens if the breadwinner's life gets cut short? What happens to all those retirement plans? This is a problem, and this is why we have a problem in this country. People don't realize how powerful life insurance is when you have the right amount in place. Yeah, and I, I, I think more I, and more that they just don't. I'll often come across right. this when I'm in my reviews, especially like if I start talking about the home and auto insurances. Um, that people people are basically told this is what we'll do. We'll get you a one hundred thousand dollar life insurance policy. We'll we'll have this much liability on your auto and home policies instead of really having a proper evaluation done, right? I was just going to say, before you chime in on that, Dad, I just had a client yesterday who you know we've worked with in the past, and he said, I called up this place, and they told me that I have way too much insurance right now. I should buy less because you know I don't drive the vehicle. And I said, sir, I said, in all fairness, if you drive the vehicle one mile and you get in the accident, reducing coverage to save $50 is not the answer, right? I mean, <laughs> it takes one time. And in your world, Dad, it takes one car accident, one heart attack, Attack, right one bad diagnosis and before you know it you think oh it's not that big of a deal it's not going to happen to me and your family's in trouble and 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 truth is it happens every day just think that out for a minute i make fifty thousand dollars a year we say mm-hmm. i ask you i'm insurance yeah well i have 75 okay so what do we do after that's over what happens that's a year and some change yeah. what happens to the family after that who pays the bill so you might as well do it out because at the end of the day They'll go through the 75, and they'll be in the same shape they were without it. It's, it's an issue, and, and, I, and I know this might scare people. Rule of thumb is 7 to 10 times income minimum. Mm-hmm. Now, it doesn't have to be this expensive, exorbitant amount of uh, money out of pocket, but it certainly would be more helpful to have the right amount than none or not the right amount. And that's what I run into all the time. And then later on, they say, well, how can I get that? What, why didn't they tell me? I don't know why they don't. But the, I guess what we need to do better is ask more questions. Why do you want this insurance? What do you want it to do? Uh, is your insurance doing what you want it to do right now? These are the kind of things that we got to really, really mm-hmm. screw down to so that we can really get to the bottom of it. And mm-hmm. I think that if people want to really get to it, they need to call in and say, listen, I need a review. Tell me where I should be based on my income, based on my lifestyle, based on my assets. Tell me where I should be. And I think that's what we need to start getting people to do, to get a better understanding. And and to your point about a multiple of income, too, I think that's an important point to bring up because especially in today's world with everything costing more, right, we got to factor that in a little bit, number one. And number two, it's not that easy if you're used to a $100,000 income between two people and one goes away. It's not that easy to just make up the 100 overnight, right? It, you may never make it up you know, long term, but we have to think about that. And what happens if I lose $50,000 a year for 20 years? It's not easy to make up, and for most people in certain jobs, you can only go up little by little each year with a you know cost of living adjustment or a raise or whatnot. It's not something that you can just say, "I want to go make a hundred grand now." And then it's then it's now you also have to have children. Now you got to add that on top because now we have daycares. We have all kinds of things have to happen when we down to one parent. 
there's a gr- tremendous expense that people just leave out of the equation. And I think that that's where the real fallacy is. And, and again, I'm a 43-year veteran at this. I see it, and I, and I question why, why does a salesperson even make that offer when he knows it's not going to, or she knows it's not going to get the job done. And that's what I think has to happen to make people, especially right now, where I think there's so much, so much uncertainty going on out there. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Thanks, Charlie, for helping us overstand that. Yes. Okay. Very difficult. <laughs> difficult and challenging times. Thanks. Seriously, Charlie Sparazza, one of the best life insurance specialists out there. To reach Charlie, 833-FIN-GUYS. Um, get an evaluation of your situation. Um, thanks again, Charlie. Have a good weekend. Okay, you too, guys. All right, Bye. thanks. You know, Mike, it comes down to this. Like, is I, this me or you, by the way? We're, I don't we're know. We're right now. No, we're we got just, papers everywhere. Yeah, it's like a mountain here. I don't know. Um, <laughs> it, it often comes down to me. Like, listen, you, you might have a loving spouse, a supportive family in, in place, but you just might not be thinking that that yep. ultimate kind of tragedy could happen. It's just simply acknowledging and just simply going through the what if. All right, what if Mrs. dies? What if Mr. dies? Let's just put the numbers together. Let's take the emotion out of it and then come up with a plan. There are products out there that can help you, and Charlie certainly can help you do that. And sometimes, too, it's not just about, you know, a working spouse. Maybe it's a stay-at-home spouse. If mm-hmm. you lose the stay-at-home spouse, God forbid something happens to that person. Yep. What happens if you have children? Where do your kids go during the week? Right. Like that, that's, that's not cheap, right? We know that. It's, it's you know, thousands of hours a month for daycare or whatever mm-hmm. it may be. So you got to think about it's not just about the working spouse. It's about all the spouses. And I think the biggest thing there, too, to tie this into what we do for a living and also what goes on in the world Thinking ahead and actually putting a plan together is how you make anything work, whether it's a business, whether it's a family, whether it's the government, Mm -hmm. right? As a government, we don't think about anything. We just do, do, do. And I think you look at COVID, that was, it was a solution of like you always said, Mike, take the easy approach, right? Mm -hmm. Don't go the hard way, go the easy way. And that was just handing out trillions of dollars. Same thing with Ukraine right now. What's the easy approach? Oh, we'll just give billions of dollars over there. Well, guess what? The United States of America now is suffering for that. What were our numbers we just talked about? I don't have them in front of me. But, oh, here we go. Inflation, 8.6%. Gas prices, over $5. Consumer debt, 14%. This is what happens when you don't think ahead and think logically, and you just do things because it's either easy or it it doesn't hurt people's feelings. Right. And And I think one of the worst things you can do in the face of all of these challenges is sort of ignore them. Um, if you choose to ignore them, I hope you have a team of specialists that is not ignoring them. Right. <laughs> because, you know, at least if you have a team behind you, you know, I always tell my clients, I mean, there's, again, there's, there's a lot of bright people I work with. We all need each other for what we can do in a specialized way. That's okay, right? Collaborating. We can't all wear 17 different hats in our lives and, and do everything well. So you find a team of specialists and, and hopefully get through these kinds of little mini storms that we're, uh, that we're in right now. So, again, folks, if you need us throughout the week, 833-FIN-GUYS. Um, I do want to just really quick before, I, um, before we get to the end of the show, I know we've got about 15, 20 minutes left. Um, Nancy Ordicelli had called in earlier, Carl Palladino supporter, grassroots effort to help Carl. He has now become a candidate for the 23rd district seat as um, uh, Mr. Jacobs has, has pulled out. He has resigned, and to reach uh, Carl or support Carl, Constitutional Coalition of New York State, CCNYS at USA.com or PaladinoForCongress.com. So just wanted to make sure we do send people to that. We definitely need someone with the determination 
and uh, energy and conservative ideals like a Carl. And definitely, let's let's pitch the podcast network too. Oh yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. So Stefan and I this week uh, another podcast in for us. Mike and Glenn, another great podcast there. And Mike, you and I, uh, we talked a lot about Biden this week on our podcast. So, uh, folks, please, you know, like us on Facebook, share us on YouTube. Tw- I don't know these lingo. I probably should, but <laughs> like us, thumbs up, whatever they are on all our social media platforms. Right. Listen to the podcast. You can kind of get the unfiltered version of Mike and Glenn, Mike and Mike, and Mike and Stefan. Yep. Uh, and again, like Mike said, if you need us throughout the week, 833-FIN-GUYS. You want to go to a quick break and then yes. uh, finish up maybe with some some uh, mental health and some drug use at the border? Yeah, right. let's absolutely go go into that. Yeah. Um, folks, again, um, it's Mike and Mike. <laughs> Mike Lomas, Glenn Wiggle off. Um, it's a beautiful time of year. Hopefully you're having some fun with family. Enjoy some of the times to the level you're able um, these are always temporary uh, crises. Thank goodness, right? Thank goodness for midterms. Thank goodness for every four years there's a new person in that White House. But we all have to stay strong. So uh, stay with us. We've got one more segment coming up. Uh, we are the Financial Guys. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Financial Guys Radio Network. As somebody hangs up, that's your cue to call 844-434-4TFG. That's 844-434-4834. All righty, moments to go before we turn over our time to Esther Goulias, the tax lady. So stay tuned for Esther and her fabulous team if you need help in the tax prep or analysis area. Um, Mike, we, um, you know, <laughs> we, we talk about our TFG truth as reporting facts, exposing hypocrisy, and espousing common sense. Yep. I mean, honestly, like, what's going on like this the the attention given to certain things and the lack of complete ignorance of other things absolutely just maddening yeah you you look at we we probably should have mentioned this earlier and we didn't but the the local pregnancy resource center uh compass care was firebombed and destroyed i think it was this week actually um you know nothing to see here when it comes to a a you know a attack mm-hmm. <laughs> a, a domestic terrorist as they call January 6th right attack mm-hmm. on a pregnancy center because god forbid you know there's people promoting having a safe and healthy pregnancy can't do that anymore um you know it's really just amazing and to your point like January 6th is the end all be all but the summer of love the Chaz Chop Zones, mm-hmm. the destroying a pregnancy center like this, showing up to Justice Kavanaugh house, Justice Kavanaugh's house with a gun, uh, you know, protesting outside his house every day. Now they're at Amy Comey Barrett's house. Mm-hmm. No problem there, right? I mean, that's okay. But if it's Chuck Schumer's house, and he claims this week too, oh, they're at my house four days a week. Yeah, no, they're not, Chuck. They're not at your house four or five days a week, these they're protesters, not. right? They're not. You know, it's really sad to see what these – hypocritical narcissistic i'll call them i'll be point like morons yep. say out there in the public eye and then you know they just forget you know the border mike you're going to talk mm-hmm. a little bit about that in a second the shootings the mental health like we just don't talk about that stuff and for some reason these people can't get over it they're elitists right yep. they're they're way bigger than us yep. all we small people that need them right that's yep. that's their interpretation yep and it's all good right until you do something that they don't approve of yep. right like like this this guy jack del rio right yeah nfl uh assistant coach assistant coach yep. assistant coach just voicing his opinion wondering why they're not you know just investigating anyway all these things that went on in that summer of love as you talked about and he is fined a hundred thousand dollars by 
<laughs> by Ray Rivera. I mean, give me a break. Could, could you imagine disgusting. if Ron DeSantis went on a public stage and said, go stand outside Kamala Harris's house or Nancy Pelosi's house and you mm-hmm. you go after them. Remember remember who was it? Oh, yeah. uh, what was her name? You 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 start a you start a fight or whatever she said. Uh, oh, what, uh, what oh, is yeah. her name? She's uh, another one of yeah, our favorites. Yeah, I forget Maxine her name. Waters. Maxine Waters, right? You 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 go make a stand and you go make a scene, right? You know, right. that's not the answer, right? And and again, January 6th committee didn't say this. They didn't play the full clip. They just cut it short right before Donald Trump says do it peacefully, right? Mm-hmm. That they Donald Trump on January 6th did not say, go there and breach the Capitol and cause damage and harm to people. Not once. No, he didn't. Not once did he say that, no. right? No, and I mean, even even to this day, like, they, they try to pretend that there was no fraud in the voting, yeah. in the ballots, and the, yeah. the bags of votes showing up in boxes, and suddenly the voting stops and the counting right. stops in the middle of the night and right. things like that. Like, like listen— Maybe, and it's probably clear, like, maybe there wasn't enough fraud to overturn the election. Like, I would say that. Like, I'd concede that. They may have done so much of it, though, <laughs> that it did overturn it. In certain states, certain precincts, the, the point is there should never be any cheating. There should never be any. And they think, they make it seem like the conservatives don't want people to vote. No, we want them to actually vote, but they want, we want them to vote once, if they're allowed to vote, right? right. A legal vote. Because if someone illegally votes, that cancels out my good vote. And that kind of ticks me off. I I would tend to agree. And again, Republicans, at least the Republicans I know, maybe I'm in this fantasy land or something, but the Republicans that I know, yes, everybody that's legal to vote should be able to vote. And guess what? They should show up on voting on Election Day and vote in person, right? Certain things, military members that are, you know, across the seas, fine. They can obviously do mail-in voting or whatever it may be. People that are handicapped, sure, fine, right? I'm all for that. But the majority of Americans, folks, can get up off their butts and can go and vote on Election Day. It's not that difficult. It's been done for 200-something years. Mm -hmm. It's not that difficult of a task, number one. Number two, when, you know, the Democrats are fighting to show ID to vote, why, why is that a thing? You need ID to drive a car. You need ID to go buy a beer. <laughs> right. You need to know. You need ID to go open a bank account, an investment account, Mike. Right, you know right. that. To write auto insurance, I need an ID or an identification number. It's not asking that much, but these folks. And then the best part is too. The the 2016 election. Oh heavens, man, that was that was Russia collusion, and mm-hmm. it was you know was such a fake election. But then they win. Oh, nothing. No, nothing's wrong. Nothing's wrong. It was a perfect election. It was done just the way it should have been, right? Exactly. As they're pushing mail-in voting to a maximum, as they're bringing in votes in the middle of the night in trucks, you can't make this stuff up. You can't. And uh, I guess, I mean, on somewhat of a positive, more optimistic note, I mean, after these shootings, (laughs) the Buffalo, the Uvalde shootings, which really, there's so many questions still about that. I mean, now, of course, is it guns? Is it mental illness? Is it people along the chain of sort of watchfulness of these these evil kids, essentially, turning a blind eye to things, behaviors maybe that these kids had? Um, is it incompetence, right? I mean, you said it. Like, we we knew that this, this Uvalde shooter, wasn't it? Or no, I'm sorry, the, the Buffalo, Buffalo shooter. Yep. There was like a year prior where he had threatened to shoot up a school. Right. What on earth did we do at that point? Like, why did we not investigate to the nth degree and, and go and get search warrants and say, listen, we found your computers. We see what you've been texting and, yep. and promoting, and we see what you've got in your home here. 
Well, how on earth did that not happen? And we have some of the strictest gun laws in the country here in New York. And and Glenn and I said this a couple weeks ago on the show, right after the Uvalde shooting. Mm-hmm. We have the data. Use it. Stop, stop acting like it's not out there. With a lot of these shootings, we knew about these folks. Yeah. We know them. Yeah. The government knows them. But yet... Not a big deal. You know, let's just let things happen and, and not pay attention. And it's negligent, and it's sad because, you know what, in the case of Buffalo, you had, you know, a targeted African-American supermarket and have multiple fatalities and injuries there because the government wasn't paying attention. Mm-hmm. The police, the, the, you know, I don't know if it was the police, the FBI, whoever dropped the ball there, we knew this kid. Mm-hmm. And Uvalde, again, they knew this kid. Why are we, and, and, and poor children were killed for that, right? Why... Why are we not focusing? And, and again, I, I've said this too. It's not the guns, folks. Mm-hmm. Obviously, the guns were used in these act, in these acts, right? But mental health and mental illness. At some point, the left is going to have to address that, and the right will too. You have to address the fact that mental illness in this country is running rampant, yeah. day by day. Yeah. Hopefully, what does come from this, and there was just a very huge outpouring of of support, right? And I hope it continues because yeah. oftentimes it's a week, a month, maybe two months later. You kind of forget, right? You're forgetting like, oh, my gosh, that's the place of that tragedy. It's awful. Um, Hopefully we keep up the awareness. We keep people, hopefully people, like if you're a parent or a grandparent out there and you've got a child, a a man, a a young man, a young woman of whatever race, gender, orientation, whatever it is, if you've got someone in your household that seems to be off, like to say the least, and, 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 and even worse than that, like threatening, um, you know, in, in their rooms for 18 hours at a time and yep. maybe two days at a time. Yep. And if you see it and it looks suspicious, actually investigate it. Do something, right? Try to bring awareness to these problems. The, the kids, listen, through COVID, all they heard was COVID, 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 stay in your homes. They didn't get a chance to go see their teachers, their friends. They were completely taken out of their social circles. And then they continue to be basically (laughs) made afraid of all these things, right? It's, It's just, it's continuing folks. So these kids need help and a lot of people need help. Adults need help. Don't ignore it. And again, Mike, to your point about seeing things, you know, citizens too, the kid in Uvalde, he bought two expensive guns if you heard the radio show a couple Mm -hmm. weeks ago glenn talked about the cost of those guns and and what it takes to get those guns right how does a kid that works at wendy's get two two thousand plus dollar rifles and ammunition and who if he does is not saying hmm this is interesting why does this kid need these at 18 years older what's going on here right if his Parents, grandparents, whoever he's living with saw those. You got you to think logically and think ahead. A kid like this who obviously had issues should not be carrying around weapons like that, and especially buying two for you know 5000 bucks, let's say, and he didn't have any money. It's insane. Hopefully they <laughs> figure that out. I mean, because yeah. you, you can often find the answers when you follow the money. You know, yeah. No doubt. I mean, follow the money. Figure out who's supporting some of these sites, some of these uh, these events some of the the arousing of all the excitement of of these things but you, you have to ask out. the questions Mike. Oh, yeah. that's the problem we, yep. we get in these we're just going to change all these laws but wait a minute why, why don't we ask questions though why right. don't we ask the question at that school how did he get in yep. where were the cops there as they said they were standing outside mm-hmm. let's ask the tough questions and we'll figure out and solve some of these problems the answer is not to just jump to conclusions and do the the hottest thing you can do you know the the, the right. as biden said the hot takes get all the, the likes and tweet retweets right yep. that's the same thing with these laws you 
got to think about things and actually think logically and not put Band-Aids on things. Yep. And just as Jack Del Rio said, if you want to do hearings like on January yep. 6th, you should also do them on those those massive you know riots and yep. burning buildings of yep. 2020. Yep. But you should also do them on the shootings. Yeah. These types of shootings. There yep. should be a full investigation. Yep. Figure out where all the money came from. Where did this kid go? Where did he get the weapons? The chain of events, right? And then start fixing those chains of events. Nobody's going to uh, be bothered by that. Nobody. Yep. All right. I think we're uh, at the end of our time together. Always fun, folks. The Financial Guys Radio Network. And, uh, you know, if you need us throughout the week, 833-FIN-GUYS. We are a team of specialists. We hope that you have a great, great summer. And uh, we'll be back, I think, in July, right? We'll Absolutely. Be back next week, I yep. believe. So, yep. all right, folks, have a great weekend. The Financial Guys Radio Network.